You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today's show is part of the monthly series, Food for Thought. We unpack some of the big ideas about food to raise the conversation level, stimulate lively discussion, and find the way forward together. We'll be discussing food insecurity and education as a factor in the availability of enough affordable and nutritious food that is culturally and individually desirable. It's my pleasure to introduce Cassie Brunsfeld, Program and Resource Assistant at AgScape, an Ontario organization that provides education and inspiration on food literacy to schools. Welcome, Cassie. Thanks so much for having me, Peggy. I am really excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you. Cassie, can you tell us a little bit about the history of Agscape and how it got started? So Agscape was founded in 1991 um, under the Ontario Agri-Food Education, and their goal was to promote agriculture and food learning in the classroom. And then back in 2016, um, Ontario Agri-Food Education was rebranded and changed the name to Agscape, which is actually a hybrid of the term agriculture and the vast lands escape of food production and the environment, hence the name Eggscape. Uh, and this year, we're excited to be celebrating our 30th anniversary, along with all the successes and changes that we've experienced during this time. We're a not-for-profit organization, and we work closely with OMAFRA, so the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food, and Rural Affairs, as well as other agri-food-related organizations. Wow, so a long-standing history, an incredible purpose. So founded in 1991, you've been advocating for farming and agri-food education for a really long time, as you said, 30 years, a lot of work and a lot of dedication. And I'm sure as your team well knows, agriculture is not a distinct area of study in schools. Why should it be? Well, Peggy, knowing where your food comes from and how it gets to your plate helps consumers make more informed choices. And that's one of the main reasons that agriculture should be a standalone topic in the Ontario curriculum. There's so much misinformation about agriculture and food, and it can be really overwhelming trying to decipher all of it. So we really want to provide students and teachers with the building blocks that they need to grow their knowledge and create the opportunity for them to ask questions and get answers from experts in the field. So you're talking to the people that are doing the job, farmers and people in the agri-food system. And you're right, there seems to be so much. We had Dr. Benjamin Hill on the show a few weeks ago, and we were talking about the amount of information about food. Some of it is overwhelming. It, some of it's not evaluated and coordinated and you're left not knowing what to do. So it's wonderful that AgScape and all of the people that AgScape work with is getting some of the facts out and putting people in front of the faces of agriculture. And I'm sure something that's near and dear to your heart is Bill 216, the Food Literacy for Students Act, which is underway right now. And I'm wondering, what are your hopes if Bill 216, the Food Literacy for Students Act, is implemented in Ontario schools? This has been a really big thing that we've been discussing. And we see Bill 216 as not just an opportunity for us as an organization, but also for agriculture and food communities and the industry as a whole. And we all share the same mission to empower Ontario students with the impartial and accurate information to increase their awareness of agriculture and the food system and to ignite their interest in the related careers. Like I said, we all have that same goal in mind. So with Bill 216 being passed, the agriculture, food and education sectors, we can work as a more effective and unified front to ensure that our youth are becoming agriculture and food literate, allow them to be successful Canadian and global citizens as well. So with over 30 years of experience, AgScape with our team of 
educators and industry experts and industry partners. We're really ready to continue to fill the needs of the Ontario students and teachers and showcase the innovations of our agriculture and agri-food system. Our teacher ambassador program, we deliver that to grade 7 to 12 students, uh, is just one of our many successful programs where we're able to bring agriculture and food education into classrooms all across Ontario. Wow, lots to hope for then. Also, as you said, to be really good Canadian and global citizens. We are a significant contributors in the world food supply. And as citizens, we need to be able to understand when things come up in our political landscape and decide what we want to do as citizens and how we want to enact democracy from our own point of view and make sure our voice is uh, represented in the process. And so I, I couldn't agree with Eggscape more the importance of Bill 216 and getting the impartial and accurate information in front of students and teachers and really all of our citizens. So I'm wondering what partners collaborate to develop these farming and agricultural resources? We have so many relationships, Peggy, with different businesses and organizations, and we all have that same goal in mind, again, to balance the, the balance science-based information to Ontario students about agriculture and food. Uh, University of Guelph, Ontario Agriculture College, um, Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs, Farm and Food Care Ontario, uh, many of our province's important commodity groups, different financial institutions, and agricultural societies, among so many others. And we cannot say enough that we really, truly appreciate and value the relationships that we have with all of these different organizations and, and businesses because without them we could not do what we do and we could not you know get out there and provide students and teachers with these resources and the opportunity to learn about agriculture and food in this way so yes 100 we are so thankful for everyone who we are able to collaborate with absolutely you know you can't be a content expert in everything and you can't do it all yourself we're very fortunate to have eggscape and all the people working to deliver accurate and unbiased information about agriculture. That leads me to the sorts of resources that AgScape provides, not just to Ontario teachers and homeschoolers, but listeners may also be interested and wants reliable information. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So we have lots of resources. Uh, so on our website, we have our online resource library where we house hundreds of different resources. Uh, these include lesson plans, fact sheets, infographics, things like that. And they are all accessible free of charge. You just need to sign up and like register with your email address to access those. We also have a new program that we just launched called Camp Agscape, and we are really excited to have this one. It's an online interactive resource for youth ages 5 to 18 and over. And with Camp Agscape, they can read, play games, and just explore the world of Canadian agriculture. And they get like a certificate as they work through it and stuff. It's really cool. And we've seen some pretty good uptake of that already since we launched it. So that's awesome. Um, another one that we have that's new this year is our Feeding Innovation Podcast. So all of these resources and way more, you can find on our website, uh, www.agscape.ca. Very cool. Our overall goal, really, not just uh, today in the show, but as a nation and even just as households, that we're trying to achieve greater food security. So more people with a regular supply of affordable, nutritious food that is culturally desirable to the individual who's consuming it. I'm wondering how providing agricultural education in Ontario schools will solve some of these gaps? I think it's important to outline what food security means. Um, so this means, like you said, it's access to healthy, nutritious, affordable, culturally appropriate food at 
all times. Like that's the, that's the big important part there at all times. As we talked about earlier, education is key to that. So when you don't know about something, it is really challenging to make an informed decision. Uh, so when we can provide students with the factual balanced information, that makes them more equipped to make decisions as well as be aware of the possible implications of their choice that they make. Um, and I've been in classrooms where it's believed that food insecurity is simply little to no access to food. Like the healthy and nutritious part of that definition is not even considered in it. So that really has brought forth so many opportunities to unpack that part with students and open up the door to a whole new learning opportunity for them. And some of the different conversations and things that have come out of it have really been awesome for both the students and for myself. And just seeing that light bulb turn on and get the wheel spinning about, you know, okay, this is what it really means is really, really awesome to see. That I couldn't agree more with. And we'll talk more about that after the break, that certainly an important component of food insecurity is financial. The dollars available to buy food. But it, even if you have the money to buy food, that if you don't have the proper education, that you aren't getting an adequate nutritious diet every day necessarily, that's an education component. If you don't know how to prepare foods, you might have enough money for a nutritious and culturally appropriate diet. But if you don't know how to prepare it yourself, and you have to buy a lot of prepared foods, all of a sudden the money goes quickly. And so therefore you're food insecure. So there's this cyclical nature to it. And education is a critical role as important as money, because because it's not just about mass in the gut, it's about that nutrition, as you said, which is really, really important. And Cassie, you've been working with schools for a really long time. And you've seen a lot of students react to learning about food and farming, and you must have seen lots of reactions. Can you share one of your most memorable moments? Quite a few throughout my time with Eggscape. I would have to say that my most recent memorable moment would be just from this past April, uh, I had the opportunity to host a virtual farm tour at our family dairy farm. And we had over 18,000 students registered for the event and talk about mind blowing. I never would have thought in a million years I would have that many students registered and then like their teachers on top of that, right? So that was absolutely incredible. The emails after, like my email inbox was blowing up and just like <laughs> questions that students and teachers had and some teachers had sent me like follow-up activities that they've done with their students or like they had their students, you know, make thank you cards and things like that. It was really really, really awesome. What an overwhelming response. 18,000. That is a lot. So it shows there's clearly an interest, a curiosity, and it's definitely something that not just we feel as policymakers or advocates of agri-food, but the students want to know. What a wonderful success. And thank you for sharing that, Cassie. We all want to reduce food insecurity and food literacy is really an important part of the dialogue and policy work about consistent availability of affordable, nutritious, desirable food. Food. And after the break, we'll address food literacy at a household level. Cassie Brunsfeld from Agscape will share her insight and expertise. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. We're speaking with Cassie Brunsfeld from Agscape about food insecurity and education at a household level. Cassie, often we hear about food insecurity, we immediately think about money and economic pressures. And this is true, and it can't be overlooked. However, education and knowing how to prepare food is a significant factor in food security as well. Can you share your thoughts on this? I would say that education is like the underlying element that 
pulls it all together. And having that knowledge and the know-how on how to make a budget for food purchases, knowing how to best utilize the various weekly food sales that you see in like the, the flyers, uh, when you meal plan for the day of the week, having the knowledge to properly cook, store, and preserve the foods that you're purchasing, all of it, it's so important. It all works together and, and fits together like a puzzle. And not to mention the knowledge of what your body needs, right? The calcium, protein, vitamins, and more. And at every stage of life, those needs change. So having that knowledge is just so incredibly important. Right. So those cycles that you talked about, about not just an individual's home food cycle, right from understanding the coupons and the sales all the way through to storage and avoiding food waste, but also the human life cycle. What do you need based on your level of development? Really, really important and certainly all education related and not just having food to eat. It is all of the nuances. So education is one of the social determinants of health. And how does food literacy fit into this? The Ontario Dietitians in Public Health, uh, they have a website. They are like a great food literacy resource uh, for students, teachers, and really just anyone who, who is interested. It provides us with a definition um, of food literacy, which is basically broken down into the following. So knowing about food, having food skills, feeling confident about food and, and like the food decisions that you make, making healthier food decisions most of the time, right? We are not perfect by any means. And food literacy is improved by having a supportive food system, food environment, living situation, culture and traditions. So really, again, like without education, it's going to pose a challenge to have a strong food literate society, which then in turn has a negative impact on that area of health. So again, like it's really all intertwined so, so much. You can't have one without the other. So important. I was getting the image of a dashboard. You know, you watch how much gas do I have? How fast am I going? You know, all the various things when you're driving a car. And it's, it's almost like that. There's a number of factors that you have to watch. It's not just one thing. And one of the things I'm thinking of is understanding food choices, because that's another important factor in achieving food security. And it's important to make every bite count when dollars are limited. And can you please expand on this? You know what? It is really important to convey to like, not just students, like I, I refer to students all the time because, you know, that's the teacher in me, but students use like just the general, general public, all of your food choices matter, not just the most obvious ones. You try to be conscious of the decisions that you make when you go to the grocery store on um, fresh fruit, vegetables, meat selection. But do we always extend that same consideration to where our favorite restaurant or fast food place sources their ingredients from? So like from the popcorn at the movie theater to the french fries at, at your local food truck right all food choices shape our food system and influence then food security and it really can be a daunting task to make mindful choices about every single bite we eat but really no one is perfect like myself included and the first step really is just to have an awareness of the choices that you're making and go from there really important to look at the the whole the broader landscape of what it is you're eating and not just a single thing and i know that uh, all foods fit and treats are a really important part of um, a healthy relationship with food. It's just the rate and pace at which that occurs and whether it uh, counteracts, are you getting the other things as well? So really taking a look at your own um, situation, your own budget, your own um, preferences and watching again, that dashboard in your food choices and making sure that some of the higher calorie, higher fat, sugar dense um, items are not what is predominant in the diet. It's always interesting to just take that 
pause and check, as you say, and make your own decisions about what you'd like to change. So very good tip. Thank you very much. And knowing how to prepare food helps. And that's something food skills is really important part of food literacy and food education. And it helps build self-sufficiency and certainly can save money. And that all goes into less food insecurity. Can you talk a little bit more about education and the role of developing food skills? I find, you know, preparing food can be a challenging task sometimes. So it can be really tricky finding inspiration for what to make. But either way, knowing how to prepare food and store the leftovers is important. I would encourage listeners, you know, turn into tune into like um, a cooking show, go on YouTube, look up recipes on Pinterest, purchase a cookbook, join a cooking class. There's a lot of different opportunities to help develop food skills and to provide you with lifelong knowledge that you can share with other people. You know, at the end of the day, just never be afraid to ask because you might be surprised, right? Like something that I have done the same and someone else might say, Hey, here's, here's a little tip to make that easier for you or make that last longer or something. And it's like, wow, this really does work, even though I've been doing it the same all this time, right? So never be afraid to ask. Really important. And you know, we can't overlook the the fact that home cooks are also experts. They've got this intuition, they've found uh, easier ways to do things, whether that's a, a tool, a method that there's all sorts of things that can happen, as you say, talking to other home cooks, but also those incredible resources you said, the main point is, is to educate yourself, reach out to people or to resources. And uh, I couldn't agree with you more and finding ways you had mentioned leftovers. So finding ways to creatively use those, they are also an area where education can help. Do you have some general comments of the role of education and improving food security by using leftovers? You know, there are so many things that educators can do with this. And I find sometimes it can seem daunting maybe, but you know, just explore what's meant by say the best before date on different types of food, right? Like some are important for safety and others are more of suggestions, right? So you have like an expiry date or you have a best before date. Like typically your best before date is more of a suggestion for freshness. Teachers can also dig into the science of food safety, like why certain meats need to be cooked to specific temperatures, why we wash and test our foods, how food related outbreaks can cause illness and how food safety organizations monitor them and the whole food safety system and how that all works. There's so many different multidisciplinary topics that we can use to teach and equip students with and to give them the skills to avoid food waste and to improve food security overall. You know, we uh, we think of many subjects. Math is sort of technical and there is a sequence in science. We do our experiments and but you know, there is a, a methodology and a technology to really understanding food, using and accessing food. It really is something to know, you know, we eat every day. So there's certain things we can take for granted, but there really is a science and a technology to not only understanding food, but preparing it. And it is something that we should educate ourselves on. So thank you very much for that, Cassie. And thank you very much for all that Eggscape is doing. I'm wondering if you had any final thoughts to offer our listeners about food insecurity and education. I would really encourage listeners to always be looking for ways to build your knowledge on agriculture and food in general. Don't be afraid to ask questions and look for the answer 
answers in reputable places. Because when you're equipped with the proper information that you need, you can then be a resource to others who may not have access to that information or to the education that they require to be food secure. So my that is like the last, the final thing that I would have for them is always be looking. And again, that reputable place. If you have questions, hop onto our website. Our names are up there. You can pop us an email, give us a phone call if you have questions. We are more than happy to help you out and, and answer those for you. Amazing. So being a lifelong learner, not just in general, but also in agri-food and you're right, there is new information we hear about all the time or a unique viewpoint that can enter our conversation level. So to really look into things and not just be a consumer of all food information that comes your way, really get a balanced view and find credible and reliable sources on what experts are saying about food and the food supply and, and food handling. And that's a really, really good final thought. And I think that uh, it's uh, very fortunate for us all to have had you here and to have listeners be able to hear what you offered. Cassie, thank you so much for our conversation today. You've offered so much inspiring information about ways we can all learn more about farming, agriculture, and developing food skills so that we're more food secure as a family and as a nation and as a human family. And your work at the entire team team's work at Agscape is really making a difference. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. It has been great being able to chat with you. It really has. I appreciate it. Oh, wonderful. It's been my sincere pleasure. Thank you, Cassie. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Cassie Brunsfeld, Program and Resource Assistant at Agscape. Each week, we leave you something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about. Does your family have all the information it needs to enjoy regularly available, nutritious and desirable food? Something to do. Visit the Legislative Assembly of Ontario's website to find out more about Bill 216, Food Literacy for Students Act, and think about ways you might want to support it. Next week on Food for the Future, we continue the Waste Not series in which we discuss food waste and what egg farmers and households can do to help feed a hungry home, community, and human family. Our guest is Margaret Hudson, President and CEO of Burnbrae Farms. We'll discuss agricultural sustainability and the circular economy of reusing, recycling, and repurposing in the Canadian egg industry. Thank you to our platinum level sponsors, Burnbrae Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8:30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.